7.44 nearly. Now, if you're upset by Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal, what about this? China, a nation now at the forefront of internet technology and artificial intelligence, is aiming to build a social credit system for 1.5 billion people by 2020. On the surface, I don't know if that sounds good or bad to you, but there's a lot of data there of a lot of people that could be potentially abused. This is also a country that's implemented a government-backed brain monitoring project in the business sector. Let's first bring in Dr. Jinjia, Professor of Brain Science at Ningbo University. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you. It's my uh, pleasure. Yeah, well, our pleasure to have you. Can you start by telling us how the NeuroCap project actually works? Um... Actually, we use uh, uh, devices, uh, brain uh, surveillance devices, we call it uh, NeuroCap, uh, to collect the brain activity of the workers, uh, the employees. And uh, we use some, uh, some ways to calculate it and uh, transfer it into some indexes. And according to these indexes, we can uh, find out the emotion state of our employees. If we can't even protect the privacy of our own emotions, though, uh, I mean, some people aren't very good at having a poker face anyway, uh, but uh, it, it, it does seem like a step right inside that part of ourselves, which which surely should be free to share if we choose to. This is apparently with a very practical purpose, though. It's implemented to detect emotional states in employees on the production line, in the military, at the helm of high-speed trains, for example. What is the defence of this technology in the workplace? Um, uh, I think uh, in this kind of workplace, uh, the detection of emotion is uh, uh, significant because these jobs are uh, require uh, capabilities for agile decision making. Our um, workers are always work under high pressure and so on. Uh, so we can take the production line for example. Uh, if one of the workers in the production line made any mistakes, maybe it will influence the whole production line. And the workers always have to keep this kind of work for uh, several hours a day. And this will um, cause them high mental pressure. So by using this technical, it can uh, increase their... um, uh, We can use this technical to detect their emotion and manipulation their frequency and the, uh, the length of break time to reduce this kind of mental stress. It's fascinating to, to study these results from a pure psychological perspective. But from a business point of view, it also seems to be uh, bearing some fruit. One of the officials overseeing the program at the state-run electric company in Hangzhou said there's no doubt about its effect. The company's profit was boosted by about 2 billion yuan since the program was rolled out in 2014. Can you talk to us a bit more about worker benefits here? Um, I think use this kind of program, uh, it can provide us information to ensure the workplace safety, uh, maybe to increase their their management and to have a high efficiency. So 
uh, by calculated the uh, profit we gain from this program, we can according to this kind of index uh, how uh, how much it increased the uh, efficiency and uh, how much it reduced the uh, safety problems. And as well as we also uh, consider about the output value of the company. Um, as you know, this company is a very large company. Uh, their output value uh, is uh, is uh, have a very large amount one year. There may be benefits for companies. There may be even safety benefits for society, even psychological benefits for individuals. Certainly. Um, could be used in the psychological assessment sector, for example, uh, when people are suffering from from various mental ailments. Uh, but do we also have to be cautious about allowing regular private companies to kind of abuse this technology? Um, actually, we don't worry about this. And we uh, also encourage the private company to use these technicals uh, and there maybe some of the private companies also have already used it um, because I think uh, our human are social beings. So we are not machine. So except for the company profit, uh, by understanding workers' emotion can also benefit the worker, uh, which will make them feel uh, they are being concerned. And uh, maybe it can also make their work time more relaxed. Um, or make them more happy. Uh, anyway, I think it can also cause some positive emotions for our work. Dr. Jinjia, Professor of Brain Science at Ningbo University, thank you for sharing your expertise on introducing that amazing technology. Some will find it frightening, but it's great to have you on the line. Okay. And, uh, well, as part of efforts to also build a social credit system, China's been building what it calls the world's biggest camera surveillance network. Across the country, 170 million CCTV cameras are in place. Uh, It's estimated 400 million new ones will be installed over the next three years. We'll talk about Big Brother is watching you. Um, Big sister, younger sister, younger brother, I mean, frankly, all siblings and strangers watching you at all moments. Professor Pamela Crossley, Department of History at Dartmouth College, who specialises in modern China history. Uh, Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. And, you know, I am venturing into exaggeration there uh, when I say at all moments, but still, uh, coupled with the whole (laughs) brain monitoring system we were just talking about before, uh, it, it kind of feels like there's no hiding place. Um, I think that's the way that you're supposed to feel, yes. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh, there should be no hiding place. You are, you're, you're, you're speaking, there's no hiding place in China, or you think there's no hiding place anywhere? Well, I mean, I guess we're focusing on China because it has the political ability to do this. But um, if it's successful there, maybe that's our future worldwide. Is that, is that a worry you share? Um, yes, um, in the sense that the, all this monitoring, all this this uh, kind of circumscription of personal space inevitably will go along with the cir- circumscription of personal choice, right? Um, so that if everything you do is subject to being monitored and beyond that, to being evaluated, 
um, you know, it, it, it doesn't leave you with the uh, amount of choice that you would have otherwise. But when people in the US, for example, get upset at the prospect of their webcam being abused, uh, what are people in China saying about this? Do we have a, a gauge of any level of discord? Well, it's a, I, you know, I think this, this works um, two ways. I think there's, the entire history of the PRC, I think, has had this element of trying to condition people to feel that if, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. So it's all right if we monitor you day and night. Why not? You know, um, you're, it's, a, it's a socially constructive attitude for you to want to be visible. And as we would say, transparent. That's been the attempt of the government to inculcate this, this kind of attitude in people now since 1949. On the other hand, the Chinese are people like all the rest of us, and there's, there's constant pushback from people who are trying to find ways of preserving their computer privacy, uh, you know, by trying to bypass the controls, um, who would like to sabotage the other forms of observation by disguising their faces or, you know, covering their heads. It, people don't like this um, because they do understand that it, it's not just a matter of monitoring. It's a ma- matter of judging and evaluating. So this social credit system, how does that work exactly? Uh, well, the basic idea is, is just like the credit systems that we're familiar with. That is, you take this disaggregated data about people, and from that you derive some kind of an overall judgment of their reliability. So instead of asking, which anybody could ask, does this guy ever miss payments on his car? Instead, they ask, is this guy reliable? Is he honest? And you only get that from extrapolations you make from all these various kinds of data. It works on the same model as our, our credit system. I mean, I get these statements that say, you're a trustworthy person. What they mean is, I make my payments on time. They're, they're, they're pulling out this derivative kind of assessment. And we've had software that's been experimenting with this for a very, very long time, right? Um, probably really in some forms since the 1950s. And all this is, is being imported into China basically from the United States, but also from Europe, which has had a lot of development of this stuff. And they're simply able to, or their ambition is, to add all this other sort of um, information, sort of like human intelligence, that they've always gathered on people since 1949. Your neighbors, you know, will say that you have a peaceful household, that you follow the rules, that everybody likes you, that you don't seem to be subversive. People are used to having those kinds of reports made about them by human beings. And I think it seems like a smaller step, maybe, for the Chinese than it does for us to have those assessments now made by machines. Maybe they even think there's some way in which they're more objective than your neighbors are. Wow. It's perhaps (laughs) further than George Orwell could ever even have imagined, even if he have predicted the consequences of such technology. Let's hope we're not heading quite in that direction. But Professor Pamela Crossley from the Department of History at Dartmouth College, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, very nice talking with you.